I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's my invitation to the White House, framed from President and Mrs Clinton for a cocktail party which I wasn't able to attend because I missed my plane. Here's a lighter, one of those ones with petrol in it that you flick up like this, you know. And it's from the Vanity Fair dinner that I went to at the Oscars a couple of years ago. And it's got a quote on the side that says, As you get older, the pickings get slimmer, but the people sure don't. That's from Carrie Fisher. And today I'm talking to my dear old besties, Susie Gorgeous and Andrew St. Clair. So it started off, Susie and I, getting on the boat, this rather tragic middle-aged couple. And it was only three days or four days to cruise, so what a moment <laughs> yeah, we thought, yeah. what if Alan never appeared and we're just this tragic <laughs> couple? Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. I met Susie Gorgeous in 1993 because she was uh, my dresser when I played the MC in Cabaret for the first time in London. And I met Andrew a few months earlier in 1993, uh, when he auditioned for either Rosencrantz or Guildenstern in the production I did of Hamlet. Nowadays, Susie runs charities and arts companies, and Andrew does a variety of things. He's been a lampshade designer, a steadicam operator, an olive farmer. He makes films. He is a true polymath. And the two of them are just darlings and two of my best friends in the whole wide world. The item from my shelves that we're discussing today is a photograph. I'm going to put this photograph on my Instagram so you can all see it. It's taken in 1997 when we were on a trip. Andrew and Sue are standing on a street. There's a sort of little festival going on behind them. Uh, the street is closed off and uh, Susie is wearing a T-shirt with an image on it. Andrew is sort of bending over down towards her. He's got one hand pointing at something on Sue's T-shirt and the other hand is open underneath it with a sugar cube on it. <laughs> And here's our attempt to explain to you what the hell was going on. I just, like, just, we should probably tell people, where where were we when all this happened? We were in France. On a road trip. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, there's a sort of, we've got a bit of a horsey theme going between the, the three of us, haven't we? Well, we, yes, yeah, we're connected by equine yeah, we but was all, it on, we... on that that time? We kept every time we we saw a horse. Did you tell us that your your mum Susie would say um, when you were bored on a drive, "Look, pony Susie, 
So every time we saw anything with a horse on that drive, we'd go, Pony Susie, Pony Susie. <laughs> yeah, my mum, she yeah. did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah she did ended it ended up buying time. that T-shirt as a result, I think. Wasn't that T-shirt bought on that trip because it was Pony yes, Susie? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. There were an inordinate amount of ponies on that trip, I have to say. It seems endlessly we were shouting, uh, Pony Susie. I, I think pony we picked Susie. anything. We picked anything that was even remotely pony-like, didn't we? Like a sort of pony <laughs> yes. symbol. Yes. Or a saddle. Pony Susie. Um, so what we <laughs> flew to? We flew to Toulouse, was it? Uh, me and you flew to Toulouse, and uh, yes, uh, uh, I think we, uh, I think we might have flown. Yeah, we flew to Toulouse, and then we hired a car and drove yeah. over to Carcassonne, where we saw Josephine and her family for a few days. Do you That's right. That? We stayed there. I remember, we stayed there and and, uh, and drank a lot. Yeah, and exactly. then and then where did we pick you up, Andy? Then we went back to Toulouse and picked Andy up. Yeah, you picked ah. me up in Toulouse, and then we stayed the night in Toulouse on those weird hotels that have kind of stacks of beds and funny angles. Do you remember that sort of motel yes. called something like J seventy five or something? And they have oh weird, yes, weird like bunks kind of beds. almost. Yeah, with ladders and weird kind of ends of beds poking out. Exactly. So we were going to uh, uh, spend. Uh, to, down to the south of France, near um, Saint-Tropez, to stay at this place called Le Nid du Duc, which is a, a, we were staying with a bunch of friends. It's beautiful, beautiful um, sort of, I don't know what you call it, estate or... or it was almost yeah. like a little Villa. hamlet, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Didn't Yes. Tony it Richardson was a hamlet, buy? actually. Yeah. Yes, it was funny because in, in the very, uh, one of the first episodes of Uncoming Shells, I talked to Ian McKellen and he stayed there. That's right, uh, and, I heard that. Yeah, he'd stayed there and um and, and we were talking about it. So so many people, so many greats of the showbiz world had stayed there. And it was and then also, very pool, the famous pool. The David the Hockney famous, featured pool. Yeah, the picture portrait of an artist, uh, pool with two figures, is and it's funny actually, I was looking that so that that's the famous picture where there's a man in a in, in a in a red jacket looking standing on the edge of a pool and there's somebody in the pool and the view behind them it's like as if like say you were lying down and you are and your legs were wide open a bit and sort of a v and your head was looking so your view would be like it's almost like from the pool you're like looking at two legs you see what i mean open mm. and there was in when in the david hockney there's just that's what it looks like but now or then when we went there and i took a picture there's a big tree has grown up in the middle of the legs it's almost like someone's got a very bushy bush right in the middle and so that's what's happened to this so the view's been spoiled by a big sort of bush but it's a tree (laughs) we had a real adventure didn't we driving down to Nuit de Duc, the three of us. It was the most hilarious and fabulous well, road trip of a lifetime. I remember one time place we went to, and we couldn't get any, we couldn't get any rooms at the hotel. There was no rooms at the inn, any of the inns. And and as we were as it was happening, I kept seeing more and more people in wheelchairs. And I remember thinking, oh, this is good. It's a really good. It's really sort of uh, you know um, disability, uh, uh, good for disability access. People are accessible here. Everyone's. Lots of disabled people are staying here. That's really good. I remember thinking that's really positive thing. Then we realised we're in a a little um, a, what do you call it? Like Lourdes, a place where people yeah, are coming. Yeah, it was Lourdes, but it was one like it was a place like Lourdes, wasn't it? It was like yes. a Catholic, a Catholic sort of healing spa. Yes. So that was and we tried. That to, we tried to go. I think we first of all heard it was a spa, so we got quite excited by the idea of going and wallowing in bubbly waters and stuff. And we arrived there. They said, "And um, where's your medical report?" 
And we're like, That's oh, right. we haven't got a medical report. But what disability do you have? And you're only allowed right. in if you had a disability. So we rejected back into our rather glum, <laughs> gloomy hotel without bubbling in the waters. I forgot about that. Yes. I remember. I think we got, did we not get into one? I remember being in a thing with you, Andrew. Didn't we get into one? Did we there or later not, on? I remember later, that later on in, in Avignon, was it? No, Arles. Do you remember Arles we went to? That was kind of day three or four or something. And it was boiling, boiling, boiling hot. And we had lunch near the, the kind of bullring thing. Is that where we, we had the egg, eggs? I think it could have been eggs. Yeah, there were <laughs> a lot of eggs. Do you remember? We were all, tell us, we're all having lunch. Tell us about the eggs, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> we were all having lunch. And I, I don't like egg white. And, um, oh, really? Oh, I've never known that. I always no. act like I talk about it nonstop as if it's my only subject. <laughs> By the way, I don't actually eat egg white. I, I don't. <laughs> and we sat, in, we sat in this restaurant and, and you both kept on asking me questions about my dislike for egg white. While meanwhile, piling in my plate with all, all your one egg of us, white. <laughs> yeah, one of, and one of us would like distract you and ask get you into conversation. And the other one would put lots of egg white on your plate. And then the other one would like ask you a question. And then I would do it. It was just like, so there was a mound of egg white on your plate. It was growing and growing and growing. <laughs> We'd all so, order, I guess, but... eggy dish, hadn't we? But the idea was, that, and I think it did work, didn't it? Every time you looked away, it was like, oh, she's rather more egg white. So you would pile <laughs> the egg white to the side of your plate saying, I don't actually like egg white. I can't eat egg white. And then somebody would ask you again, another great blob of egg white would arrive in your plate. You scraped aside. <laughs> Andrew, you're the most unfussy eater I've ever met in my life. You, you'll eat anything, really, won't you? Yes, within well, I mean, reason. Not any, I mean, there's not many foods you just like. Obviously, you don't like your mum's cooking. No, I'm not keen on my mum's cooking. She was very keen on things like kind of um, oxtail and tongue. And oh, was she? Oh, yuck. So, oh. but I had to eat it. I wonder if I had to eat it. I did eat it. I, get, I was always starving when I was a child, so I did eat it. But um, yeah, I draw the line at kind of offal nowadays. Well, I don't really eat meat now yes. either, but I was never very keen on kidneys. It just tasted wee to me. Um, of we so, yeah they don't seem well well I think it's also because my mum when she would go for these kind of food crazes she'd buy a, a tongue for instance and the first time she'd go through the whole process of taking all those layers of tongue skin off with the Ugh. taste buds on them and as the tongue became a habit she couldn't be bothered to peel the layers off anymore so you'll be eating the tongue feeling in your mouth <laughs> the tongue's tongue like you're actually tonguing that cow Oh, my um, tongue already feels quite oh weird God. as you say it. <laughs> so that kind of put me oh off that. God. And also, I think oh with kidneys, God. I think the kidneys, she got bored of washing the kidneys too, so she didn't bother to wash. You had to wash them 50 times, like, you know, all the wee and stuff out. We just had, oh that'll do after 30. And that was us, wee-covered, coloured, flavoured kidneys. Wait a minute. 50 times you actually have, that's the rule, to, to wash a kidney. I don't know. I know they're very, all that awful stuff is incredibly labour intensive to prepare. You have to get rid of all the kind of hideous gall bladder juice and wee and what have you. Oh my and of God. course, my, my mother just got bored and this will do. And um, so there we were plugging these awful little cubes of furry tongue into our mouths <laughs> or oh slightly wee flavoured kidneys. Deviled kidneys, were they called? Deviled. Oh. I remember being in a sort of a square in a little town having a delicious boozy lunch and um, we saw a little t-shirt stall and that's when oh, we saw yes, but this is where we're going yes i'm just trying to guide <laughs> us back to yeah, the point of the story <laughs> <laughs> so what did what did we see Suze? so we saw after many many 
horsey viewings on the trip, we actually found the most fabulous horse T-shirt. And it was just a picture of a horse's face. And the horse, and, and I've got quite big boobs. And Alan, mm. I think, did you both club together to buy me the T-shirt? I can't remember. Um, I think we did. Probably yeah, did, yeah. Bought me the T-shirt and I put it on. And the horse's nose was like, it's like on my It boobs. became 3D. It was it now was a 3D <laughs> horse. Exactly. So the nose was like my left boob. And, and so that right underneath your, like where its mouth was, was the sort of underneath your boob. And so that nipple. made for, yeah, that made for many, like we would steal sugar cubes from cafes to feed our, our friend Horsey. And uh, what you do is you stand a bit further away from me with the sugar cube. And, go, and the flat hand. Remember, it's very important. Flat, the flat, flat hand, hand would learn from our pony training as children. And you'd go, Susie, come on. Come Susie, on. Come along and now. I would gallop over and put the horse's nose into your flat hand to, to eat the sugar lung. You know, normal friendship stuff. End, endless, <laughs> endless fun. Like What most people have thought of us that... These crazy British people with a girl with a big, huge, sticky out horse's skin face, tight. skin, a skin tight horse. T-shirt, <laughs> placing her boobs on the hand of her friends, which contains sugar cubes. Caroline, Caroline, horse lover, loved that T-shirt so much. I had to give it to her on that trip. That's that's right. I remember that she she yeah. lobbied hard for it, really hard. But you came lots of times to visit me in New York when I'd moved to New York. And one particular time, I remember I had a a New Year's Eve party. And I remember I had that quite swanky flat, that big flat in, in Chelsea. Yeah. And when I, was, when I was still doing cabaret, and it was a crazy night. And I was having fun DJing and we're all running around. And remember that was a crazy night when Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman came. That's right, yes. I, I, yes. Cause and I'd Alan, done that I don't know if you remember, but all of the, uh, like quite a lot of the, the um, crew from the Almeida came as well because the, I, I was there seeing you, but also the Almeida were putting on a play in in um, BAM. And oh. so like loads of people like Igor and all of those people oh, yeah. were there too. Oh, yeah. so it, was, it was crazy. It was like crazy mixture of people. When worlds collide. Yeah. It was so, so funny. But I remember uh, Andrew just running around after all these boys. On, I remember one time looking over and Andrew had his hand against the wall. So sort of leaning with his arm against the wall. And there was a boy like between him and the wall looking kind of terrified and uh, looking, looking up at Andrew, slightly alarmed. And um, Andrew was almost like pinning him to the wall. And the next morning when we woke up and we were sort of having a post-mortem of the night, Andrew said, gosh, I... I don't know what happened to me last night. I was boy crazy last night. And we were all like, <laughs> last night? <laughs> You're always boy crazy. No, it's boy yeah. frenzy. Boy frenzy. Boy, boy frenzy. frenzy. Boy frenzy, that's right. I know New York was like a kind of, it was, I mean, I guess I probably had a permanent kind of underlying boy frenzy. But in London, I seem to get less kind of, I think maybe, was I still being an actor then? I can't remember. But I'd, quite often in the early days of being an actor going, out and about in London, I'd have some weird hairdo or hideous beard or something. So I go to a club and people would literally look to me like I was a kind of bubonic plague sufferer. And when I'd arrive and keep well, well clear. But when I arrived in New York, something about the accent and maybe it's all the kind of showbiz of you, whatever, um, the sort of afterglow, it was just boy frenzy. Celebrity wig. Exactly. It was marvellous. So I enjoyed that. Um, and your so- own good looks, Andrew. 
And yes, I mean, come on. Of course. So, uh, you know, we've we've continued to go on, although we don't see each other terribly often. We Once in a while, we do these things where we have, like, besties only, so we don't uh, take our, uh, our, our significant others. And we go off on some sort of trip. And one of these trips was... Uh, on a, kind of rather unusual for three uh, ad- adults with no children to go on. It was a Disney cruise. And the reason that we did it was I got it. I got Disney cruise free. Did you remember that part? I was, uh, because yeah. Yeah, I, you just, didn't you launch it? Didn't you launch the ship by smashing a bottle of champagne on it? And no, Mariah, it Mariah Carey did that. I just went, oh. I attended, I was the oh. sort of, you know, uh, yeah, another celebrity there. I attended the launch. It was one of these things. I get invited to these crazy things all the time. It was like, would you like to go to the launch of a Disney cruise ship? And of course, I actually would love to do that, right? I was like, that would be hilarious. It's a party. There's a show. It's the launch of a Disney cruise ship. What a hoot. And we're going to send a car. And then they said, if you would come, we will give you a free cruise for three people. It was like a certain number of people and a certain number of nights and everything. I was like, oh my God. So, but the thing was, uh, it, 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 it all, that all, I went to the thing. It was an absolute riot. It was very cold, I remember. But Mariah Carey came down these steps, the very glamorous central uh, steps of the, of the boat uh, with Mickey and Minnie on either side of her. And, uh, and and kind of did a thing where she, you know, uh, sort of launched the boat from there, pressed a button, I think, and that, that sort of, you know, made the big, huge bottle of champagne smash on the side because I think she was too much of a diva to go outside. That was the what? very boat we were then on. Yes, it was. It was the very boat we went on because you remember where the flume, th- I remember when you walked along where that big flume thing came out. I remember walking along there in the freezing cold. Uh, to to leave. So so anyway, I ended up with this free, and I thought, what a fabulous thing for Susie and Andy to go on with me for one of our besties things. So it was a it was a cruise of the Caribbean, and I just it was just the best fun because oh, I loved it. Everyone was sort of thinking oh, it'll be awful because we you know we would, it's normal it's all for kids and everything. Everyone's kids are lying, but that was the best thing about it that nobody sort of bothered us and we just drank and had a laugh and- but that's because no one goes nobody goes first class with their children on a disney cruise and so we had virtually the whole of the first class bit of the boat to ourselves didn't we it was so yes. there was no children there there was a couple of kind of weird um disney fanatics there yes but generally Which we, was but do you us. remember do you remember you said it was unusual for three kind of adult people to go on their own but do you remember it was nearly even more unusual because there was some massive storm on off the coast of America, and we were all flying in from different places. That's I think, right. I think I had to go via Canada, and Susie went somewhere else, and yeah. so you couldn't meet us. So it started off Susie and I getting on the boat, <laughs> this rather tragic middle aged couple with no children, <laughs> going on our own on a Disney cruise. And it was only three days or four days of cruise. So it was a moment <laughs> yeah, we thought, yeah. what if Alan never appears? And we're just this tragic couple <laughs> sitting there. Kind but, of, you know. but I remember at one well, point like that you were son. having. Yeah, but then I, but I think at one point you, your plane was going to be delayed, and 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 and, and Susie, you were worried that you'd have to go on the Disney cruise alone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I spoke to you; you were just having a panic attack about that, and I was like, "Oh, it'll be fine. There'll be lots of people." But anyway, you two went on it, and I couldn't go. My flight was cancelled, so I had to fly the next day to the Bahamas and spend mm. the night in a hotel in the Bahamas, and then go. I got sort of special, you know. Secret Service took me onto the boat or something, and it was yeah. I remember so you arriving. Hilarious. I remember you arriving there, and everybody else had got off. They were all getting off to go to look around the Bahamas, 
and we couldn't quite be bothered. We just wanted to play with you. So you came onto the boat. And we had most of the boat to ourselves, didn't we, that first afternoon? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else who could see them all trailing around a Bahama. And, but and the good thing was, is the that it was beautiful, wasn't it? It, it was, was beautiful. I mean, so beautiful. I imagined it to be a bit like a sort of P&O ferry. You know, those ones you get from sort yeah. of across with sort of like cutouts of Disney characters and, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was so beautiful. It was sumptuous. And it the best sumptuous. thing for me was that we were, we sort of, quite a lot of the time you had to be, wear costumes for various, you know, it's, it's pirate night, it's blah, Didn't blah. we wear we wore pirate a... outfits the whole time? Constantly. I Yes, absolutely. I had just uh, eye patch and a, a, a bandana with, a, you know, head and crossbones on it, a skull and crossbones, and, and a sort of a sword and earrings, and we painted little moustaches on each other. And a parrot. I mean, not a real parrot. We had a kind of, <laughs> That's right. kind of nylon parrot, <laughs> yes. didn't we, too? Oh, that was the thing, because all my... All my um, uh, I'd bought loads of like costumes for us, and my luggage didn't come. I only had my hand luggage. All the so we had to like oh, sort of yes. kind of uh, make make do and mend. But we did very well, I have to say. We the did, pictures but were I just great. we just loved. It. Well, you liked wearing them, Alan, because you were in disguise. Yeah, and that no was the one best. Yeah, because you were wearing like your hair as a hands. pirate. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And I loved having a moustache. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed having a drawn-on moustache for my holiday. Isn't that what happened to ladies of a certain age? Eventually, you will ha- actually really have one, Susie. Just, uh, just don't. don't so let's get, go getting there. in early, <laughs> practicing how you style it early. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sam Walker. I've spent the last few months talking to this guy. I'm a hunter. It's what I do. He's called KC. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. He's an American vigilante. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. And he's got a knife in his hand. He rescues kidnapped children. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. By any means necessary. Well, it's ugly. You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? He scares me. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. And he might scare you. About got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that, don't you? Download the podcast, American Vigilante. Download American Vigilante. Out now. Now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What else did we do on the Disney trip? I remember we had that lovely day when they 
took a, we got put, they put us on a little sort of boat like a mini boat out to that island Disney oh, Zodiac. Island. and yes. Uh, yes. So that was so nice and you could get like lovely cocktails and uh, we, we then went uh, swimming with turtles Do you remember oh, we saw a turtle and, that's right yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, and we had a little cabana thing yeah a little cottage a little cabana exactly that was lovely yeah that was really I nice I love that it was a kind of it was an wasn't it an island that Disney owned or something? So yeah. nobody living Disney on it. Disney owns an of... island. Yeah, it used to be because there's a. Remember when we were coming back and that little little thing, we were going down what we had been the runway. It used to be a, a, a military uh, a island uh, by the U.S. military, and planes landed there, and probably to be before they would take off and bomb people. So that actually, they Disney bought this. Probably radioactive island, and now we're all everyone's all jumping on it and swimming. With uh, that's turtles. right. We were driven on little, little kind of buggies, weren't we, from the boat across that runway to our different yes. cottages. And there was one yes. guy that got chatting with Susie, and at the end wanted to hear her telephone number, and she said, "No thanks, I'm not giving my telephone number." No, he said, he was he was like being a really like big fan. He was a big fan of Alan's, oh, and was that he was it? doing that thing when they sort of uh, often um, Alan's fans sort of try and be your friend. Yes, and and he wanted he wanted to sort of come and visit me in London or get together. And I oh, said, I remember him, that American guy. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I remember, and I remember saying, "He's going. Can I give you a card? My card?" And I went, uh, "No, thank you." And Alan remember <laughs> saying to me, "You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to take the card and I've say never yes." Called and then them. Throw it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it's supposed to do. It's that. Does that happen a lot? Like people, we never talked about this. But people wanting to, like, you feel people are wanting to be friends with you because they're trying to get to me, because they're think, star I mean, fuckers. Yeah, I mean, it's usually like rather than like long term things, it's like if we if you're out for the night, you yeah, know, yeah. Immediate, are kind it's of... the immediacy of that moment, isn't it? People sort yeah. of see you and then see us, and then we come and chatter. I mean, eyes completely glazed, talking to us, watching your every move, waiting for you to peel off who you're talking to and come back to us. Um, so not remotely interested in us. There's usually no fooling that, you know, we're going to be swapping numbers. Is that not awful? Nah. Nah, it's fine. They, they usually get them. When, when you come off, when you come over, they go away again. If, they, you know, if it's been, hasn't sort of, if they haven't got, I guess, their um, kind of introduction um, they've gone. Then they'll stay around. But we've always yeah, done that thing, haven't we? Like we'll go out, and we've we've almost got like secret code of when. Yeah, tag when team. It's time to get rid of people, or when you need us yeah. by your side. You know, you'll kind yeah. of give us a little. little no, you both. We've always been really. I guess you've been, both my friends from like from really when I first became sort of famous like that. It's mm. always been a thing, you know, just starting when we first. I don't know. So I always feel you two really understand it. You've been with me all through it. And it's sort of, uh, yeah, we, it is really comforting when we're out together. It's, it's, what, it's what I think is really funny is I'm sort of, you know, tell, trying to tell people here like what, like I, I, I always need to have a destination. I always need to know where I'm going. When I go into a room and there's people and it's a sort of an, an event or something like that. I always need to know that I'm going to end up at a table over there and like that's where my friends are or whatever. That my worst fear is going into a room like that, of like that in one of those environments and just being at sea and everyone yeah. can get you and you're just sort of like this you're being spun around to all different people. And so it's that thing of trying you have to sort of guide people to t- to to what you need and my and my thing is always like where am I going? 
where's where am I going? Where can I where will I be comfortable? You know. But you know, I, you're really great, Alan, because you like the people, like the people, like fa- fans uh, are you're, you're you're you know they wouldn't know that you want to get away. You're very kind of. Mm. Um, you know, you. I mean, not always. You, not always. You do want to get away, but sometimes yeah, it's yeah. not at all. But you are very sort of uh, patient. Like if we, it's. And I think there are times when, of course, that's your job and that's what you're doing. But other times when the three of us are out, when actually all we want to do is muck about and talk to yeah. each other. And I think I know. You know, it's kind of knowing those times, isn't it? When to kind of yeah. Swerve people well, that's when you have to sort of say, you know, I'm like, you know, Meryl Streep, she says this thing, which I think is so fantastic that she like, she was in the supermarket. My friend Margot, this actress Margot Martindale was in the film with her and she was, they were at the supermarket together. They were on location somewhere. And like a lady came up and was just going, Oh, Miss Streep, Miss Streep, can I have an auto? Can I have a photo with you? Oh, I love you, all your films. And she just went, Oh gosh, thank you so much. But no, sorry, I'm not working today. And oh, just went on, cool. trolleyed on. Isn't that good? I think that, and I think that's, I think that's what you're saying. Like it's, it's, it's. I, when I go to a premiere or a, an event or a whatever, or you know, a, a thing where I'm, I'm working, I'm, and I'm, if I'm expecting people to, you know, if it's like photographers and da da da, one of those things, um, then I totally think it's absolutely appropriate that I do all that stuff. But then, I, I, to a point, you know, I'm not, I'm not a sort of little puppet but up to a point there's this point when it stops and you can have fun but like when i'm just out with friends and stuff like that it's actually it's it gets a little weird and also that's why i think i love living where i do in east village because i think people know me and they kind of for the most part let me get on with it and also but i i realize what i've also done is i've got a house now in new york big enough so that i can have everyone come to my house and I've also got my own bar, so I could just go there and it's, it's my bar. <laughs> exactly. I've just made my entire sort of, I'll eventually have a theme park and I'll just live in my own theme park. And a cruise ship. And a cruise ship, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go on another cruise, wouldn't you? Mm. Totally. Do you know, I was, I'm obsessed with the Queen Mary across, uh, oh, across the I'd Atlantic. That. Oh, you've done that a few times, haven't you, now with your mum? I've done it twice with my mum and uh, I I thought it was going to be the most old fuddy-duddy thing and... You know, and it, and it kind of is actually, but it's also it's got these fascinating lectures about there's things lectures about you know steam trains in the 19th century stuff like that. I think oh my god, you think God, this is fascinating, and like my mum was learning to play bridge, and Grant went to some funny class the time we did it, and you know there's all these fascinating things, and uh, then there's like all the normal sort of the show busy things at night, but there was a piano recital and all these. Uh, I just loved it. And then, yeah. you know, and, and also people on it are quite old. So if they do kind of try and, you know, talk to me, I just run. I, I, would, I leave my <laughs> cabin. I leave my cabin and I run because I know they won't be able to keep up with Catch me. Up. And, but I think there's something really nice about, um, I, I, it's the same with long train journeys, which is that you are actually forced to just relax. You know, you, you there isn't yeah. any other distractions. And, you know, in a lot of those places, there's no... Like on the cruise, there's no internet, and you just actually, you know, got this amount of time when you there's nothing and, to do. I love it, and it's like that thing of it should take that long. Do you know what I mean? That's what I really loved about it. You really felt you'd gone somewhere, and mm. you really felt you'd travelled. And it's and it really, you know, it's that thing like in Shakespeare it says about I have gained my experience, and I really felt like I had. By the time we got to. Southampton and I felt like it was a relaxing lovely time I met fascinating people we had a laugh I got to spend real time with my mom you know we all got dressed up as a 1920s night one night and I was dancing with her it was just magical and, and as well as it being I love I mean I love sleeping on a train or a boat 
it was just great. But I think that thing that we're so used to, you know, like I, I was thinking the last time I was in Australia, I left Australia on the, on like early in the morning. I went to LA and I went to the Golden Globes that night, like in the same day. Oof. It's just not, that's not right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's not right for your much. body. It's yeah, too much. It's and it's actually lovely yeah. when your journey takes the time that you it sort of feel take, that your yeah. body is caught up with you. Yeah. It's something about being at sea as well, which is, I think is really good for you. You know, there's obviously the air is good. When, when my mum died recently, me and my brother and my dad, we, we rather than getting a flight back to the UK, we got a boat from That's right. Uh, I forgot about that. And it was, it was actually, it's strangely a really happy memory for all of us. That weird time, mm. you know, we we're in deep, deep grief. And we got this boat and we all had our own little cabins and we we went, we got the ferry over and, we, and it was something like, I think it was like 25 hours at sea. And it was really, really good for us. And we, again, we yeah. had lovely talks and, you know, we were doing something and going somewhere. And it was, it was, it was almost like, you know, we were sort of, I don't know, it was a really kind of But you take a breath, time. don't you? Take yeah. a little moment away from your life and just focus. I think that's a lovely thing. Maybe that's what we should do then. Maybe we should do the Queen Mary. Yes. Oh, wow. I'd love to. Let's do that. Not the Santander Ferry. Although no, that the Santander, Santander Ferry, you, you, the one you got, Susie, it's, it's, um, I've done that one and it's famously rough. You got lucky. Sometimes it's no time to chat. You're just vomiting. Yeah, so, I, um, I, I've done it in bad weather many, many years ago. And it was because you're crossing the Bay of Biscay, aren't you? But yeah. We, but the it, Queen Mary it, it, is so big, you wouldn't even notice, would you, a storm, yeah. I guess? But I think the ghost of Phyllis was getting us on a really smooth sea. Ah, Phyllis. Yeah, that's yeah. so nice. But we've got our new holiday coming up, haven't we? We're all meeting up in Scotland. We're all soon. meeting up in Scotland, yes, Yay. indeed. And oh, I am, I am going to be doing that show with Miriam Margulies now. It's, it's all. Oh, oh wow! Yes, yes, I'm going round a van uh, for three weeks uh, around Scotland with Miriam Margulies doing a show for. It's now Channel Four. So yeah, so that'll be so I'll be popping oh, in and out of the van of... with Miriam Margulies. That'll be a challenge. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what's so funny? I mean, she she wrote me and said, "I'm." Uh, she said, "Oh, darling, I'm so looking forward to our Thelma and Louise. Thanks for letting a smelly old dyke tag along." That's what she said. She wrote to me that in an email. And then I, when I when I just before I left to come here, I had lunch with Dan Radcliffe, and you know he knows her from. Uh, Harry Potter she played something in Harry Potter and so he, and he said it was so hilarious because she was so inappropriate she'd be swearing in makeup all these kids you know she was little, little you know Harry Potter kids swearing in makeup and just farting like she would just <laughs> fart really loudly and smellily <laughs> in makeup and not care and so when I said um, I'm, you'll never guess I'm going on this doing this travel show with Miriam I'm going to be going around Scotland in a van and he just looked at me and totally seriously went Alan the farts. That's what he says. <laughs> in a van. Oh in a van. God. At least so it's open. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. That's my. That's my. So I might be asphyxiated by Miriam's farts the next time you see me. Oh my god! What's that? You have to have some of uh, some. Of what's that lovely um, marijuana things that you can get in tablet form nowadays? CBD. Yeah, you have to have some of that C- all the way there. I just, I just like to be numb. Yes, yeah. to be drugged. <laughs> but also, of course, we're all wearing masks anyway, so you can just get, keep the mask on, the special sort of fart filter mask, I suppose, extra charcoal or something. Mm-hmm. 
So Susie and Andy, my lovely besties, thank you for taking a walk down, a trip down memory lane with me today. And I think um, this really means we're going to start planning our next big adventure together, okay? Yes, please. Disguises and high seas. I think that's what we've got to emulate. Oh, love you both. Have a lovely love rest you. of the day. Love you, love Take you Take care. Bye. 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 Well, now it's time to put that lovely picture of Andrew and Sue and Sue's T-shirt and the sugar cube back on my shelves. I hope you've enjoyed this little uh, reminiscence with old chums. And I hope you'll join me next time on Alan Cumming Shelves. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the ACAS Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is Unaccountable. It's a podcast fighting for police accountability in the United States. It's a podcast that tells the stories of innocent people who've been killed by the police, just like George Floyd, but also people like Mohammed Muhaimin, Shacey House and Carrie Illidge. And so many more you haven't heard about, but you really should have. The stories can be difficult to listen to, but this could be the most important podcast you'll ever hear. It's a podcast fighting for change, and we need to join that fight. Just search for Unaccountable in your podcast app now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.